This is Comic Picks by the Glick. And I'm your host, Jason Glick. Good evening, Jason Glick. How the hell are you? I'm doing I'm doing fine. Better this better today than I have been for most of this week. <laughs> fighting fighting off illness, as I understand you have too, John. Oh yes, we're all fighting viruses. And I'm not talking about the ones you get on your computer. I'm talking about those evil ones that enter your bloodstream and make your life miserable for a few days. Yes, that's where I'm at. <laughs> so, um, you know, and I think that that's pretty common. No, don't have the measles or anything like that. So, um, just... No, it's just, just, a regular, just a regular flu out here. Yeah. Just, it's that season. Tis the season for the flu, fellas. And that's just the way it goes. Um, so what do you have on tap for us tonight, sir? Okay, this week going off into the margins of both um, X-Men and Marvel um, continuity to talk about a series that I originally predicted was going to be the um, comic book equivalent of commercial suicide um, for it's like you know for the X for the X-Men and you know Mar- Marvel comics in general because I figured when I heard this they're making a series this is gonna be the series new focus but man no way does this last um, more than twelve issues. And I'm talking about um, X-Men Legacy by, by Cy Spurrier. Now, Spurrier has um, done, done a lot of um, like weird stuff over, over the years. He was actually responsible for the um, better than I was expecting um, one-off involving the X-Club for the, uh, like for the um, second coming fr- for the second coming crossover. And, he also, and he's also done um, his see other works such as um, Gutsville with um, Fraser Irving. It's involved a um, Puritan community living inside a whale. So he's got the dude has an imagination, and it's also kind of like, it would also seem like it's not like the kind of the kind that's very suited to a um you know commercial um superhero franchise and so when when it was announced that he would be taking over um the reins on um x men legacy after it was being relaunched as part of the whole Marvel now initiative, and that it was going to be focusing on professor x 's son legion um I thought, yeah, okay. Um, unless the series is like astoundingly good, there is no way that it's going to last um, more than like like more than a year, because you know um, Legion is certainly an in- interesting character. When he was introduced in the pages of New Mutants um, back in the '80s, he had a really um, really imaginative claim to fame. I mean, not not only is he, is he Professor X's biological son, but he's also um, but he also suffers from an extreme case of dissociative identity disorder. This being a superhero universe, all of his personalities have their own superpower. So, and um, the driving and the driving um, force behind his um, behind him over the years was just you know, hey, how do you how does this guy who's essentially an, an omega level mutant manage all these um power all these some personalities with all these powers in his head? Problem is when you've got someone this powerful, it becomes kind of a real hot potato in, in terms of like how do you use him, so to speak. I mean, with all the powers that is disposable, disposable. I mean, how does he not able to just you know take over the Marvel universe in the space of one crossover and all? I mean, so he's kind of like, there's been a lot of like um, you know what do we do with Legion? It's like syndrome over the years. I mean, probably the most memorable thing he's, he did since his um, inception was. Um, was um instigate the age of apocalypse, and that what that was that didn't really have anything to do with um his powers so much. So it's the fact that he was just the guy who um went back in time, um, tried to kill Magneto, I uh, wanted to kill his dad instead, and there there's the age of apocalypse right there. Um, Mike Carey um went and um used him as the focus point for the um Age of X crossover, which also involved a um alternate um universe, but was also 
kind of a bit more reductive in the sense that you know it was Legion's powers that was that was conjuring this un- this universe, so to speak. Um, now, Sia Spurrier um, decides to take a uh, take a more proactive um, approach with with Legion. Um, just just um, he like at, when the series kicks off, he's just been shuttled off to a um, to a psychic retreat up in the up in the Himalayas, just where you know like where burnt out psychics from the Marvel universe go, and he's just learning. Doing his best to live with his, like live with his um, very, various powers and put his put his mind back together and help the other um, burnt out psychics there. Then, um, because this, because Marvel now was kicked off by the um, by the end of um, Avengers X Men, which if you'll, if you'll recall, because you know this is X Men stuff, we're all doing with all sorts of continuity here. This is when um, when Cyclops, under the influence of, of the Phoenix, um, killed Professor X. So once um, when Legion fight. Gets the um, second impression that that um, reveals this to him, like there, see no more, no more um, psych, um, psychic retreat. Lots of um, psych, lots of dead dead psychics were there, and a lot of see and a lot of um, um, people from like like um, see a lot of chi- um, ang- like angry Chinese um, army people out to get him get him for this for for what he's done as well. But he's also um, rescued by a. Um, by an entity who appears to be nothing more than a pair of pair of eyeballs with a personality, and um, and this all eventually leads him leads him back to the um to the Gene Gray School and with the first with stopover in Japan too, but it's all in the first the first volume basically um ha, all about it's all about um Legion getting his bearings, finding out what he wants what he wants to do with his life, and it's like and also just you know. Just, Establishing the fact that he um, views um, the X Men as being horrendously ineffective, this so being a, um, a like a paramilitary um, group in spandex trained by trained by his dad, who never accomplished much. Now, this uh, cynicism, you know, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. You know, the X Men have been fighting for uh, mutant rights over the past, you know, past fifty odd years now. No, they haven't, and you know, mutant rights haven't really been getting any better. But you know, hey, this is superhero comics. If you if they actually did succeed, there wouldn't be any more stories to tell. So it's kind of that whole suspension of disbelief that you have to accept if you're gonna if you're going to um, get into them in the first place. When you start chipping away at that suspension of disbelief, as um, see as this as um, Spurrier is is doing right here, it's like it's kind of like you're just kind of like um, I don't know, it's it's hard. It, one hand, it's hard to get into, but at the same time, this is kind of this is more. It's more of a sub subplot than than anything else, and the uh, and the focus of the series eventually goes on to become um, Legion just trying to do um, more uh, through his own power to try and make to make hum- make um, make the world a better better place for mutants. The um, what makes the series interesting is that, is how he go- goes about is his pr- how he goes about his proactive approach. I mean, in there are there are interesting one offs where he. Um, where he encounters like um, mutants with weird powers, you know, one who has the power, the ability, the, um, the ability to be a, an unconscious glory hog. And whenever anyone achieves anything, this kid gets credit for it. Another guy, um, he's apparently a uh, psychic, huge um, psychic psychic presence who's been living on the moon and reads an anti mutant book and decides, hey, I'm going to go ahead and kill everyone. It's like kill all the mutants because they're obviously the problem problem here. Also. Um, you know, what do we do about you know, um, mutant, ha- um, mutant hating um, um, church- churches as well? Stuff you know, 
like things like that. I mean, it's interesting seeing the approach the approach Legion takes, which more often than like more often than not involve like you know unconventional. Um, you know, I didn't okay, I didn't see that coming type type solutions to these problems. In fact, um, it's like the uh, it's like it, it, when he goes the other point when he goes uh, goes into this one one when he um when he goes into this one um facility in it's like in in San Francisco where he finds out that you know they're basically trying to um they're basically I'm using this pill that basically lobotomizes mutants um sealing, like preventing them from burning out the brain parts parts of their brain that prevent them from using that you that prevent them from using their powers. It's like he, he wants he he's going there with the um realizing that hey I I can't do anything war with this so I've got to go and um I've got to go and you know just lobotomize myself for the like for all for the benefit of benefit of uh, mankind and. But at the same time, though, he's also got his um, "quote unquote" girlfriend um, blindfold, trying to um, enact a uh, like a, like a um, support, supportive group of X Men who are trying to try and uh, stop him and find out just what this anti mutant enclave is is really up to, and what they're really up to is actually kind of cool, and it also be of interest to um, people who have read, um, you know, Rick Remender's um, see, um, un- un- see, Uncanny Avengers, um, and. It's like it's, and also it's one thing I want to get into is that um bl- is use of blindfold here. Now blindfold was a, was a um, precognitive mutant who was um created by Joss Whedon during his run um, on Astonishing X Men. She, yeah, she's got the blindfold, but she was all she did during his run, and pretty much everyone everyone else who was used used her afterwards is just stand around make make cryptic comments about what cryptic comments about what to. Uh, um, say what to what about what the plot is, has in store for everyone afterwards. Um, Spurrier actually um, is the first writer to actually um, dig into her back to give her a backstory. Someone who was um, raised in, raised in the deep deep religious South had a um, v- virulently um, mutant hating hating brother who um, who eventually was able to steal her powers upon upon his death by part of her powers upon. Upon his death by lethal injection, and it's these power of powers that these powers he stole from her that caused him to become one of the main antagonists. It's like in it's like in this run, and it's and, and um, Superior also like has has them has um, does a good job of having um, blindfold be a sounding board for, for David's actions, or that's that's Legion's full name, David Haller. Um, his actions over the cor- course of this run. I mean, and you know, to his credit, you know, even I mean, um, like blindfold just like. Um, does call him out a lot of like a lot of the stuff that he does. Like, hey, you know, what you're doing here is crazy, dangerous, and probably gonna probably gonna hurt a lot of people. And David's like, and you know, sometimes David will re- recognize this, and other times he'll just say, "Okay, I understand," but you know, I was kind of just looking for your um, approval on this, and like I've already gone ahead and done it anyway. So yeah, he's David's really kind of hu- a huge complex dick um, over the course of this run, but at the same time, it's like it's. It's interesting to see how, see how he interacts with it's like with the with the core cast, and also the um, various um, escapades that um, Spurrier puts him through, which include um, wiping mutophobic, mutophobic Britain off the map as he as he's pitted against um, MI13's um, Pete Wisdom, been a pretty clever two two parter, and also um, coming face to face with um, with Scott Summers and his group of um, as you were revolutionary X Men that you think. It's going to be all about him settling scores for um, how Scott killed killed Professor X while under, like 
while under in, the influence from from the Dark Phoenix, but it turns out to be about something um, much more germane to the uh, to the plot itself. So, it, and then um, see, and then you get to the um, the final. Then you get the final arc, which basically um, hinges around the the revelate the um, subplot that that Legion is destined to become a giant world worm that is going to consume all all mutant life on on Earth, and that only on blindfold is going to be able to kill to defeat him, and that they'll both die in this like in this conflict. And he realizes, you know, how, and how do you stop something like that? Well, the uh, solution Legion um, uh, has at the end. It's actually uh, really, it's like um, really um, imaginative, and um, at the same time, though, I kind of wonder, it's like you know, is it going to be undone by um, by subsequent writers? I I would not think so. In fact, I think that with this um, solution, um, um, Spurrier has done, he has done um, future um, writers like a pretty good, like a great service I, by um, by uh, taking Legion off the board, so to speak. In a really way, in a really clever way that builds that um, bit that that um, feeds into his themes of how Legion's desire was to rule himself, to get all of his um, personalities in order, and it's like and um, basically just finally have control of himself. I rule me, as he um, as he as he says. But when he finds out that the Marvel Universe just won't let him do that, well, the uh, solution he comes up with is actually quite drastic. And pretty compelling. It's actually, I mean, it's I over the four volumes. It's like it's. I mean, yeah, it's basically about it. You could read you could read it both as a you know as um, one mutant trying to um work to uh, make make things better, and also as a as a metal as a meta story about just you know one one writer pushing against you know trying to discern what are the um like what are the metafictional walls that you can that um that we have in this. Like in this fictional universe, you know, at what, po- at what point do, the, do these walls become like you know more of a prison rather than um, it's like rather than a playground for re- for people to do what tell the kind of story stories they want? Um, Spurrier's run on it's like on on legacy here is an inter- is a really interesting and ultimately compelling take on on that like, say on that um, sub- subject. Yes, there's there can be a lot of, a lot of pretentious bits about you know cynical bit cynical cynicism about the uh, about the um, about superheroes, superhero in genre, lots of references to other, um, like to other, like to other stories. Like, like there's you expect plenty of references to Star Wars, even one to Watchmen too. It's like over the course, course of this one that you know that are that that on one hand, yeah, you can see they're either clever, you'll either find them clever or they'll, or they'll wind up grating on you, depending on how you how you how you appreciate these kind of references like that. But um, overall, it's. It's like overall, I did like these four four volumes. I mean, it, the series ran for twenty four issues, twice as long as I thought it was, as I thought it was, and it's one of the um, it's a, and ultimately it's a complete story. It's like you can just read these these four volumes, and um, you know, there's they and they end. It's like you, if you want, you you don't need to read anything. Any it doesn't ask you to read any other X Men stories after. After that, in fact, it's like it's a nice self self contained story about about one character and his and his personal struggles, which is it's in the sense you know it's probably good that it was it was as successful as it was in the sense that you know if it was if it actually caught on then um you know things might have um they probably would have like asked 
it's like Asperger to keep it to extend it beyond its natural the story beyond its natural length, and also maybe um, he wouldn't be able to get away with the uh, with the the, um, the ending that he did. Um, art um, from the uh, for for these four volumes is um, is um, produced by a grab bag of artists. Um, most most of the majority of it, however, is from what one artist named Tan and Enghuat, who um, guy's got a um, ex- an interesting like, exaggerated style, and he's also got a fondness for like really big foreheads in his characters. But for all the weirdness that he's that he's called upon to draw from either in the uh, like in the real world and like all superheroes and their powers, or inside Legion's head and all of the um, craziness of all the personalities that are running around in there, which actually had managed pretty well with the um, with the central metaphor of it being a prison and. And essentially, um, breaking down over the course, it's like over the course of its other run of the series, and it's handled pre- pretty well. Other artists like um, Jorge Molina, Paul Davidson, um, Koi Fom, um, also contribute to the um, to the series as well, and they handle and they and they generally come off come off pretty well. It's not the um, it's like it's not, it's not the most um, visually dis- in in each of these artists. Like they've all got their own distinct style. They're not like you know. Great, like A-list superhero artists, but you know it's like for for a weird, quirky title, they they fit the bill um, pretty pretty well. Um, it is worth noting though that um, Molina that I much I did like um, Jorge Molina's art in Spurrier's X Force um, a lot better than than, it, than I did here, and um, it's like I hope that Molina keeps that X Force style later on. In fact, um, even though you would probably wouldn't expect um, Spurrier to. Uh, do um like a title like X Force after um he kind of um demonstrated his um uh, I don't know kind of contempt or skepticism of the superhero genre um that first volume of X Force actually turned turned out um better than I was expecting so even though you know like I said X X Men Legacy um Spurrier's run is a um self contained read by itself um you probably if you liked it and wanted to see more of that that we- this strange stuff you probably want to check out um. His his X Force run, even though yes yes it involves like you know it involves Cable, um, Psylocke, um, Phantom X, and Marrow going around um, kill, like killing a bunch of bad guys. It's done in a um, real um, quirky and quirky and unconven- unconventional fashion. So unconventional that this one that this series actually that this run is actually coming to an end after fifteen issues. So you know even though I was expecting um, Legacy to um, be the be commercial suicide. Yeah, I guess it turns out that um, X Force, um, that um, Superior's X Force run was that that bit of commercial suicide, <laughs> for 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 what it's worth, anyway. Anyway, so John, um, any thoughts on your end about about all this? Um, so uh, basically, are you saying that this is uh, fairly decent work, or it's uh, okay work? If you if you like, it's. It's definitely unconventional by um standard by Marvel superhero standards. I mean, if you're looking, if you like, um, you know, I guess if you're looking for something different in your um, like if you like stuff that like, takes takes place on the the weird, dives into the weird underbelly of the Marvel universe, like tell story, like I said, tell stories within the margins of the superhero genre, then you're going going to be entertained. But if you kind of like, you know. Like regular X Men stories, say of the kind that um, Bendis has been telling in his Uncanny Uncanny X Men run, um, then he, or it's like or say um, Jason Aaron's um, 
like runs on X X um, Wolverine and the X Men or Kieran Gylan's um uh oh uh, his Uncanny X Men run or even say I brought up Joss Whedon's run. I mean, all that stuff is kind of is good, but it's much more conventional in terms of the execute in terms of like you know its approach and execution. Um, Legacy, like I said, it's a, it's essentially a solo series focusing on um, one of the weirder X Men and his and his powers, and it's very much focused on like the uh, all, all the X Men that all the X Men and um, mutant stuff that you don't normally see in those titles. Mm, so, all right. Yeah, so it's it's just it's if you're if you're looking for a for a different kind of X Men story, then yeah, this is something you something you want to check out. Mm, all right. Well, do you know what you're going to be talking about next time on our podcast here? Well, unless um so, unless something um specific pops up, I'm actually thinking of um doing something relating to the uh, winner of Francis um um Ang- Francis Angoulême Grand Grand Prix um last week, Katsuro Tomo. Huh. So, um unless so unless something um, does pop up, um, I may be offering my thoughts on Akira, which I kind of wanted to do for a while, but now I think that you know, with nothing else on, on deck, here we go. All right. And we'll catch you next time on Comet Picks by the Glick. Right. Later. All right, bye.